Have you ever thought about shooting studio, but it's just really freaking overwhelming? I see you and I feel you. In a time where natural light is the norm, shooting studio is a really scary idea for new and experienced photographers alike. Learning new light is hard, and studio light is so different than that classic dreamy backlight you see in family portraits, and even like the harsh light that you see in more edgy engagement and couple photographs that's become popular the past couple of years. That's totally different light than studio, whether you're shooting natural light studio or if you're shooting um, artificial light. Um, learning light is hard, but you know it's really um, kind of hard, but really freaking fun, creating backdrops. So today, I'm answering one of my very fave photography questions. What can I use for a studio backdrop? My name is Lisa Chandler, and for the next 20 minutes or so, I'm your photography mom. So let's go. photography business in 2011 and except for a couple of studio sessions I popped in on with a friend I never shot a studio session like a full one and on my own until 2018 and actually I don't think I even shot those on my own I think it was probably 2020 maybe 2019 that I shot my first studio sessions it was 2019 where I shot my first studio sessions kind of on my own that's seven eight years of all outdoor and on location shoots. I never really thought of studio because it just wasn't really my thing in theory. I like color and texture and weird light and studio in my opinion at the time was boring and drab and kind of lifeless and colorless. <laughs> I think of this now and have to laugh because if I've learned one thing about studio, it's this. You can turn your studio work into anything you want it to be. Before I start chatting your ears off about incredible backdrops, I'm going to pause right here to talk about light, because if we know anything about photography, we know it's all about light. I know that flash is intimidating, and it's also really freeing, which is something that people often don't talk about. They're like, oh, I can shoot this natural light. It's kind of like that feeling when you're photographing something, and you're like, I could fix that, or I could fix it in Photoshop. And you know, nine times out of 10, you just take it and you fix it in Photoshop because it's easier to kind of do what you're doing and go with the flow of that session, right? So I think it kind of flashes that as a more technical side. So often we're like, I don't want to learn flash. It's hard. It's intimidating. And I get that. And I understand. But you do not have to use flash to shoot studio. I mostly use flash for wedding receptions, but I also use flash occasionally on location. I love shooting in the dark and occasionally, even less occasionally than I do on, on location is studio. Mostly though, I shoot in my garage or in my house with windows nearby. If you're short, short on space, all of these ideas will still work for you that we're about to talk about. Flash or no flash. Find a room in your house, move some furniture around, set up your studio, and use natural light from your windows or your doors. Artificial light works awesome, but it's not something you have to have. I totally think that everyone should know how to shoot flash. I think that's so important to be able to shoot in 
every single kind of light when you're a professional photographer. But when you're shooting studio, there's this idea that you have to use these huge soft boxes. You have to know all of these things. You have to have all of this gear to create amazing studio setups. But that's a lot of bullshit. It's not true. Artificial light works awesome again, but you do not have to have it. Natural light works great. I've seen new photographers get really worked up over having flawless window light or studio setups with those huge soft boxes, as I mentioned, and those things are really nice perks, but they're not necessary. And if you're like me, they're not always even better. It's easy to overcomplicate studio, but trust me here, if you have a window or a door, you can take studio photographs. Heck, take them outside. I had a senior shoot last fall that required an intense studio setup. It took me hours making this setup with cellophane and it took forever to make it lay right and to get it to stay up. And I knew I wasn't going to want to clean it up in time and I had to do two studio setups that day for that same shoot. So I did one in my garage that was the big elaborate cellophane backdrop and then I did the other one in my yard. Super simple, super easy. The light was really kind of weird but that like was one of the things that made it so unique and fun. You can do the same and if you don't have a yard, set it up in a freaking field. (laughs) Just go for it. If I sound passionate about this, it's because I am. You can create the space you want to shoot in, and I've got 10 awesome backdrop ideas for you today. Really excited about these, especially because this is the third podcast I'm releasing, and the second one was so crappy because the whole world was just crazy when I was recording that one, and I didn't have time to like go through and make it fine-tuned as much as I want, and I'm just so excited about this subject and to have a really awesome podcast to share with you this week, and I am just so excited to share these 10 different things you can use to create amazing photographs, and it's going to be so fun, guys, so let's go. First and easiest are sheets. Simple, inexpensive. We all have sheets. Get a flat sized queen sheet, even a twin sheet if you're setting it up so it doesn't have to be full body, and put it on a backdrop stand. You can get a backdrop stand for $30 on Amazon, and they come with three or four clips. Super easy, super um non-technical. <laughs> you just get it, put it up, And those sheets are so wonderful for your first backdrops. You can just go get sheets of all different colors. Or if you're super extra like me, you can creep on eBay and find like vintage patterns of like really fun old sheets and like bid on them (laughs) to get them as cheap as you want. So you can have these unique kind of floral backdrops. I do that because it's really fun. Um, But that's not something that everyone wants to do. But just like You don't have to go out and buy a $100 pack of seamless paper. And by pack, I mean one large roll of seamless paper for $100 that you then have to store. Go get a black sheet. Get a black twin size sheet if you're just doing headshots. Do a black queen size sheet if you're doing most of the body. If you're doing full body and want to include the feet, Get two queen size sheets and layer them. It is that easy. Just go and get those sheets and 
you're gonna be able to create so many fun images just by using the cheapest sheets you can find at Walmart. One thing I will say here is that the cheapest sheets that you'll find at like Target or Walmart or any kind of big box store, they are a different fabric that does not always hold dye well. So <laughs> I once spent like four hours trying to create this really dreamy, um, dye situation on some sheets until I realized that they don't hold any color. <laughs> and then I ended up buying a really cheap plastic backdrop off of Amazon instead. And um, yeah, just know that the like really cheap sheets don't dye really well. But if you do get um, canvas from Walmart or something, you could absolutely dye that into like a custom um, backdrop. But we'll talk about that more later. I'm getting ahead of myself. But yes, sheets. And the best part about sheets, besides the fact that they're simple and inexpensive, is they are the easiest setup and tear down. The worst part for me for studio is the tear down. The setup is fun. Sometimes it's frustrating. Sometimes it takes me like an hour longer than I wanted it to. Sometimes I worry about like, you know, if I've put it up the right way and then I'm like FaceTiming my mom or FaceTiming my friends and I'm like, how do I fix this? And that can be, you know, but that's fun when you're setting it up. Tear down. Oh, I hate it. Sometimes I leave the backdrops up for a couple of days, especially if they're in my garage because I just like don't want to deal with it. So, okay, second, poster board. This works for small setups, but it can also be used for bigger setups if it's a big piece of poster board. One thing in this kind of list that I'm gonna talk about, most of these are for full body, but some of them are for small kind of studio setups, um, more flat lay or like propping up um, like two pieces of paper. So if you're taking for poster board, for example, if you're taking a photograph of flowers, you could get two pieces of pink poster board that match. It's going to be really cheap. Put one on the floor on the table and prop the other one up behind it. And you look like you're in a studio when really it's just poster board. <laughs> it's just like the cheapest poster board from like the dollar store. Um, poster board is amazing. Do not knock it until you try it. Um, the hardest part with poster board is that it doesn't really... Um, like blend together well where the pages will meet if you set it up kind of in that L shape and that can be kind of frustrating but if you bring your um, photograph out far enough then it will blur and you can you know work with that a little bit more in the final photographs. So again first is sheets, second is poster board, third loose fabric of any kind tulle, cotton, even a dresser shirt. So we're going to talk a little bit more about other kinds of fabric in a minute. But this one, when I say loose fabric, is basically just any fabric you have in your house. So we already talked about sheets, but this could be like quilts. It could be um, a comforter. It could be, if it's a headshot, it could be just like part of a dress. Now mine's a little perspective is a little bit skewed there because I have absolutely enormous gowns for Opal and June and I can use them for small um kind of still life or headshot situations. 
but really you can just use loose fabric get cotton go to hobby lobby or joann's and like grab some cotton fabric and layer it and put it on a backdrop stand it's really cheap <laughs> for backdrops because backdrops are so expensive and um just kind of layer have fun with it and that loose fabric will be so great something i love is tool tool is insanely inexpensive and it can be really dreamy when you layer it and if you need it so that like there's something behind it just get the cheapest sheep you can find sheet you can find and put the tool in front of that sheet and it's going to look so soft and like rosy if it's like I always picture this like a pink in front of a white backdrop um probably because I've done it <laughs> and it will be so just like amazing and feel so dreamy and romantic and just like really step up that studio game that you have so next would be classic paper backdrops. I know I kind of knocked them a hot minute ago, but classic paper backdrops are absolutely incredible. And there's a reason why they are so popular for years and years. I probably have 20 different paper rolls. <laughs> no shame, no shame over here um, because I love color and I'm working on a project right now that's a monochromatic series and I am using paper for that as well. And, um, the paper is so fun and it's so bright and so bold. The biggest drawbacks for me with paper is storing it. I hate storing the paper and, um, we have this really <laughs> like complicated setup for how it's stored because, um, that's just our lives. It's like in like, like it's held up by like some old chairs. It's really classy and really cool. Um, <laughs> but just like classic paper drop pack, Paper backdrops like Savage are going to take you such a long way. They're beautiful. They handle light so well and it's just so beautiful and it's so fun to have like dappled light on those backdrops and you can do things like take tool and hang it from the ceiling with a um so like once I did a shoot that was a yellow backdrop and we took like yellow and gold shades of tool and put that in front of the yellow backdrop at varying depths and at varying lengths and oh my gosh it was the dreamiest shoot ever and it was just in my garage guys like it wasn't an exciting place um love that love classic paper backdrops and how they can be a full backdrop or the base of a bigger backdrop <laughs> the next is upholstery fabric. So upholstery fabric is pretty expensive and you're kind of getting in the area where you're like, okay, is it better to go and get upholstery fabric or to order like a really swanky backdrop from like a really swanky backdrop provider? Um, I love upholstery fabric because it's so unique and like vintagey and I'm very into that kind of vibe. And um, it lays flat, it's heavy, it's great. That's why I personally love upholstery fabric. On the flip side, I think this is number six. Um, <laughs> yeah, number six is chiffon fabric. So chiffon fabric, unlike Upholstery fabric is really light, very kind of whimsy and whimsical. And it's amazing because it's so different than upholstery fabric. Um, for me, I'm super extra, so I would combine those together and kind of have that whimsical look on it. But I also just love upholstery fabric by itself. And there's nothing more like Grecian and like pretty and just like over the top, then a bunch of chiffon fabric just kind of draped everywhere. 
Love it. Check it out. It's relatively inexpensive. I typically get three yards of um, chiffon fabric or tulle or anything like that that I use to, or upholstery fabric, if I buy it from any kind of fabric realtor, re retailer, not realtor, <laughs> retailer, because it is so... Um, great to kind of have that extra length if I want to kind of bring it down and that way I know it's going to hit the floor and I can make the backdrop really tall. Um, this isn't on my list, but another thing you can do if you're kind of like, okay, <coughs> excuse me. Okay. How do I have, like, how do I have this setup work? How does this work? How do I do this kind of whimsy fabric? And then there's the floor. What do I do on the floor? One of the best things you can do, guys, is to buy like a velvet white blanket, like a big ass one, like a king size huge velvet blanket and whatever colors you like to use. And you can put that on the floor. It transitions very well. You can layer fabric on top of it and you won't have like your carpet coming through or if you have rugs coming through, that won't show. Same for like concrete if you're shooting on the garage or grass if you're shooting outside. So get some of those blankets, layer them with the fabric to kind of bring it in and it's a game changer. So don't forget like a velvety blankets. Okay, next up would be printed backdrops. So this would be like our your fancy ones. Um, I love printed backdrops because they are just like so fun. I love like floral ones. They're so extra and just like have that retro element where it's almost cheesy, but also just like so gorgeous at the same time. So definitely check out printed backdrops. They're so fun, so amazing. The next would be hand-painted backdrops. Hand-painted backdrops are absolutely overwhelmingly expensive if you are new to studio. That's so true with all kinds of photography products and like any kind of, not that I'm saying photography is a hobby, but like um, any kind of hobby or art, you know, where you're like, okay, I'm going to try this thing and you get that huge sticker shock. I will say there's huge sticker shock um, for hand-painted backdrops. Printed backdrops are expensive. Paper backdrops are expensive. And hand-painted backdrops are just like a different ball game. So what I like to do, and I do like to DIY, so take that in mind. If I want a hand-painted backdrop, I go and I buy blank canvas um, from Amazon. They have some. I can probably link this on my website when I post it. I'll look it up. But you can get this canvas and um, then I buy a couple bottles of dye and I hand dye it to the color that I want. And it's so fun. And what I love about that is I can do the base of that for one shoot. And then like, if I want to use it again, <laughs> I can add stuff. I can re-dye it. I can add sequins. I can add more sparkle. I can do whatever I want because it's my backdrop that was like $35, $40 and that I am DIYing as I go. So I love that. It doesn't have to stay the same because if I paid five or $600 for a hand-painted backdrop, I am not touching that thing. <laughs> like it's going to just be going up and going down and being safely tucked away like in my linen closet and not being touched otherwise. But if I've created the backdrops, it's kind of like, okay, like let's see what we can do next and just like throw paint at it and see what happens. Okay, so number nine is small paper scraps. 
go a long way. So this one is for more flat lay photographs or things like rings. If you ever go to like Hobby Lobby and you see the tiny scrapbooking pages that are just like a book, like not much bigger than like a deck of cards. It's like two deck of cards. Um, those little papers amazing maybe five by sevens like they are so amazing to just like use for your detail shots and this isn't quite studio but I wanted to bring it up because it's that same kind of backdrop that can really create a wow photograph um just from the environment you've put your stuff in. So this would be for any kind of little flat lie. Um, when I shot weddings really heavily, I would actually carry one of these papers in my bag just in case, like a stack of them, like in a book form, just in case there wasn't anything like that really pulled in kind of the aesthetic of the wedding. I would use that for my flat lays for like really close up ring shots and things like that because it was just like a little bit of an oomph. So little things like that, like, um, when you start thinking of like, okay, how can I make this like teeny tiny setup? How can I photograph these flowers on these poster boards? Things like that. That's just going to help you build with the backdrop idea because you're creating the backdrop, whether it's a small detail photograph or a photograph with multiple people that's really elaborate and has flowers everywhere and tool hanging from the ceiling and sparklers and everything amazing. Um, which brings me to the last point, <laughs> number 10. And I totally forgot to count most of these off, but this is number 10 on my list. And that is think outside of the box. Tinsel, cellophane, sheer tool, more tinsel, sequin fabric. There are so many things that you can do. Shower curtains. One of my favorite shoots last year was a senior session and she just wanted something really unique. She did this really cool um, makeup. She was like her an amazing makeup artist, not like, like almost like a butterfly on her face, like just so, so pretty. And I mean that in like the most incredible, like artistic way ever, just like beautiful. And guys, I went <laughs> to Walmart and I got a huge thing of plastic drop cloths. I took it into my yard and I pulled it over my rose bushes because I have this insane garden and like literally just took that plastic and created a backdrop in my yard with plants coming through it and I put like some fake plants in front of the plastic too so there was just all these plants with this really really cheap drop cloth like you use like when you're painting your house and you're gonna throw away like the huge one and then I put like two or three sheer shower curtains behind the plastic so you couldn't really see um the neighborhood <laughs> behind us very dreamy diffuse the light was just incredible and that was a really creative one that I was able to do not my most creative one and will be one to remember because it was so different because I don't usually shoot in my yard. I've never pulled plants through plastic for a shoot before. But once you kind of start going down that road and know you're going to have some backdrops that are super cringe along the way. Like once I had this magnificent setup, had these amazing balloons and disco balls, got to the shoot, loved it, got home and realized that the balloons I had were like pastel pink and baby blue like it was a baby shower and that's still 
I'm still like, ah, <laughs> like how did I not notice? So we're all gonna have moments along the way where we don't um, create the most amazing backdrop or maybe it's almost the most amazing, like so amazing, but that's gonna happen as you create your backdrops because it's a creative process. But really guys, look around you, Think of what you can create, go into your linen closet, go into your stack of blankets, see what is there that you can turn into a backdrop. And if you look at your stuff and you're like, oh, that's really boring. When I say get a velvet blanket and throw it on the floor, go look at my photographs, go look at Opal and June's website. You're going to see if it's not a paper backdrop that there's almost always a black velvet blanket on the floor or a white velvet one um depending on the vibe of the shoot they're almost always there i use those all of the time and my kids use them my husband's favorite blanket is the black blanket that i will take to put on the ground if i need a dark backdrop um and it's just really freaking fun. So just let your creativity go. And if you have not done a studio shoot, I 100% challenge you to do so, even if it's in your backyard or in your living room with one window. Use the flash. Don't use the flash. Don't worry about it. Just create a studio setup, even if it's just for like a bouquet of $9 flowers from Whole Foods and just like go for it. You've got this. Have so much fun. Once you start doing this, you're going to be addicted if you're going to freaking love it. And I'm just so excited for you. And I think I'm going to go plan my next studio shoot and I'll talk to you later. Bye. (laughs) 